World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. It is the episode that I'm hosting here. I'm Jeff. I'm the host of the show, and we're going to talk about. It's not really a creepy pasta, but who is to say what is a creepy pasta and what isn't? It's one of those ones where it is. I would say it's adjacent to the like haunted video game genre. It is not about a haunted Animal Crossing uh, copy, but it is uh, about Animal Crossing and the events therein. But it's um, it's more like the horror story of the main character in Animal Crossing, extrapolated. It's very much like Animal Crossing Gritty Reboot. This is Animal Crossing from the Let's Play Archive by Chewbot, C-H-E-U-B-O-T. And here with me to talk about it, returning from last week and prior weeks, just fresh off her galactic tour in support of her new album, please welcome Heather Gordon. <laughs> now, Heather, please tell us, uh, you have said in past interviews that this album you've released is in a genre that you like to call asteroid emo. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Well, you see, Jeff, um... It's like we took the new wave thing that they did in the 80s, but we put it in space, mm. and we threw a little dogscape filter over it, so it's just... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. No, Heather's... I cannot entertain this galactic album anymore. It is a lie. Heather's normal. Sorry, She's not man. from a space band. She has a normal terrestrial band like a normal person, uh, and they're not famous. Don't find them. But she is here with me to talk about Animal Crossing. Uh, so, well, <laughs> vaguely. Yes. Uh, so this this thing was really intimidating. It was divided into, first there's nine parts, and then it says, and here the story splits, and there's three additional parts, and then uh. part 13, the alternate <laughs> ending. So there's 13, yeah, yeah there's stressful. 13 parts in total. Part 13 is just an alternate ending for the story. Uh, this was suggested by someone, so I guess I'll find who was who it was suggested by. Um, it is... It's a little weird, because it provides, like, justification for why all the things happen. Um, and there's one other moment that was a little weird that I'm going to get into later that I don't fully understand. Um, so this... It's okay, I'll watch it. Well, it's from the alternate ending that you didn't read. (laughs) This was suggested to us by Taryn Urban. Thank you, Taryn, for that. Um, I am going to ask you, Heather, to walk us through this story. Okay. So, um, I know you listened to it. If anybody who is listening to us uh, listened to I, I listened to one or two parts and then was just like, this is slower, I'll just read it. It was, it was ridiculous. They were doing voices. Um, and I think what made it so ridiculous for me is that I do play Animal Crossing. Yeah. I play it regularly. Um, and so... 
I'm pretty familiar with the sounds and the characters and the people doing these voices for, um, anyways, I couldn't uh, listen to the recordings anymore. I had to switch to the written version, but that's besides Yeah, there's like screenshots um, and stuff too, so it's better to just do the written version. Yeah. Uh, they just, they have it as like well, a read-along. the screenshots were cute. Yeah. Yeah, they were cute. Do you think he photoshopped them? I know some of them were game screen screen grabs, but I think that some had to have been photoshopped. I'm not sure. Whoever did it put a lot of time and effort, though, because the timestamps were matching the story, and there would be timestamps like 3.30 in the morning, and it was a very specific screen grab that, you know, that kind of worked. And it was all photographs of a Nintendo DS, so they weren't playing through an emulator either. I liked that. Yeah, the split screen pictures. I don't know. The photographs were endearing. Yeah, I liked it. it. um, They tried until it got into like the paintings and stuff towards the end. Then I was like, "Eh, it was better when you were doing it all with screenshots. Yeah, it was a little weird. (laughs) Okay, so anyways, they're like summing up this story. um, A little boy who is nine and swears this entire story. uh, But this nine-year-old boy is going off to camp. Um, He gets picked up in a taxi, but when he wakes up, ah, he's in an Animal Crossing town with a bunch of Animal Crossing characters. Much like you said, the existential crisis of the character in Animal Crossing. I know each game is a little different, but in New Beat... No, this is Wild World that the uh, Let's Play is about, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, but in in New Leaf, don't you just show up and they tell you you're the mayor and you even say, no, I'm not the mayor, I do not live here, and they say, yes, you are! Oh, you're the mayor, and they just put you in the house You're on the bus with uh, cat or something, uh, and then they're like, "You're the mayor," oh, and yeah. then they're just like, "Yeah, you're the mayor." And Isabel's like, "Oh, mayor senpai, um, please notice me." Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, it is if you were to look at it deeply and thoughtfully, it is an interesting uh, concept that they uh, took it literally. But yeah, so they they arrive in the town. Um, I liked so they the character Billy finally gets stationary at the store. Um, long story short and he wants to write a letter for help so he writes his mom like begging for food and asking her to pick him up from camp and if you've ever played animal crossing you know like you get these passive aggressive letters from your mom and your dad all the time and i know they're supposed to be sweet and it's a children's game but sometimes they're like really passive aggressive i think it's really funny he got a letter back from his mom that said she slipped and fell it must be fall and i liked that because it was like it was threatening and ominous yeah. that these camp people were like hinting that they uh hurt his mom but it also was totally a letter i wouldn't be surprised if that was a letter in i think it is i think all, all of the letters that were not obviously written by the author were just letters that you can get. Yeah, which is why the game is so fun, because it keeps your brain uh, turning a little bit. But yeah, I liked that. So yeah, he um, he's not getting any help. He's stuck at camp. Uh, I like when he took a fossil to Blathers, and then he uh, said, I tried figuring out what was going on, but that owl's patchwork explanation didn't do anything. And I was like, yes, that is Blathers in a nutshell. Just patchwork yep. sentences that don't do you any good. Like, will you accept this painting or no? Like, just tell me if it's fake. Uh, anyways, you should take over. <laughs> uh, okay, um, so this... So yeah, he basically... The, I haven't introduced... Right, we're not yet. there yet. Penny takes a while. Um, 
So the author named their character Billy and their town camp. So this is a story of Billy in at camp. Um, and he's very grim and gritty, like, oh, the part-time job. Nook has, like, trapped me here, and I can't, don't have any outside contact. And then we get the mom letter, sure. Um, and then he starts interacting with the uh, townspeople. Um, and we get some stuff like, cool, yeah, unquote. from Pate. Wow, thanks. Totally cool. Oh, I see, Billy. You're working for Nook. Well, I guess everyone gets in over their heads now and then. So, hey, you should take my stove. Now cheer up, Quackle. Uh, so it's like <laughs> really weird, uh, when you decide that Animal Crossing is dark and spooky, then, uh, all of the <laughs> things in it are very scary. Um, he then sends Pate uh, a letter begging to be set free, and then gets a screenshot of Pate being very mad. Uh, leave me alone, you're like a chewed up piece of gum I accidentally sat on. Gag me. Um, Which, someone did yep. say that to me in that is, once. I want to say, that is a lie. That is something that you, like, you can get the townspeople to hate you, so it's very funny that, uh, the author went yeah. to all this trouble to do this. Um, then Tortimer says, remember, Billy, the mayor always has his eye on you. Pretty spooky. <laughs> then we start getting, um... Like dogscape. Yeah, it's the dogscape. No, he goes and meets the dog guards. <laughs> um, it's... We see blathers. I'm just filling in some of the details of what you got to already. Then he starts to go crazy. Like, I'm um, just fishing and looking for fossils all day. Then he finds a gyroid. Um, these are the little dancing, um, Jomon style statues that are in Animal Crossing Underground. And there's like. What's your favorite uh, gyroid? I don't know if I have an opinion on them. Uh, I don't remember the names of any of them. Oh, if you look at. Gyroid, if you just Google it, you get a Wikipedia for it, and it's like a type of, um, an infinitely connected, triply periodic minimal surface. I don't know what that means. It looks like a cube covered in... Patchwork explanation. It's like a cube covered in N64 environment textures. So I don't know what that's about. Um, but the Animal Crossing gyroids are like these little statues that look a little like Cactor from Final Fantasy. They're like little clay statues, and there's a lot of them. There's like hundreds of different kinds. Um, and they, if you place them in your house, will start, like, dancing and singing, which is really weird. Um, they'll, like, dance and sing in combination with each other, and there's different families of them that you can find. Anyway, this character finds them, uh, gets the house upgraded against his will, um, starts to get obsessed with the uh, gyroids talking and singing, um then starts to, like, get Stockholm Syndrome with the house. I really like, uh, Monday I spent lazily catching bugs. Tuesday I don't remember. And he's totally in his house Blair Witching it, just, like, facing the corner. Um. <laughs> yeah, I loved the screen grabs of his little house. It was at the, the telephone that was next to his bed. It was so funny. Although, one thing I don't like, the screen grabs here, we got, um supposedly taking place Sunday through Wednesday, but they are all on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Man, he dropped the ball. He must have been... Monday busy. Lazily Catching yeah. Bugs is actually Tuesday, October 9th at 1.08pm, and then Tuesday, I don't remember, is the <laughs> same day five minutes later. 
Well, maybe it is a Blair Witch thing, and it all Ooh. was the same day, and now he's lost uh, track of He's time. gonna get caught by that uh, Slender Man in the Blair Witch Forest. <sighs> the Blair Witch is a Slender Man, is what's happening there. Yeah. Did you see that 2016 Blair Witch movie? I did. I I like every horror movie in its own special way. I liked that movie a lot. Uh, so, of course, I liked it. I thought it was genuinely pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I good. liked the GoPro, and I liked the time-lapse thing when they left for a few yep. minutes, and they thought they were gone for four days. That was the scariest part of that movie for me. I, uh, I really liked immediately knowing that the Blair Witch was going to be some kind of Slenderman when they described how she was killed. Yeah, that was... was They they said, they were like, they tied rocks to her arms and legs. I'm like, oh, we're gonna see her later. She's gonna look all wild. They almost made her slender. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he's... I like that the girl's name's Heather. In Blair Witch? In the original Blair Witch. Mm. Heather Donahue. Yeah, that's you. You're gone now. Sorry, you got Blair Witched. (sighs) I think that movie takes place before you were born... Um, when were you born? Yeah, 93 or 94? 93. 93. Okay, so you were one when the movie takes place. Um, well, then that's what happened to me. (laughs) Yep, you were, you became a teenager in one year and then disappeared into the Maryland woods. Um, anyway, he, this character, Billy, starts getting, he notices the packages in the sky, which I think were a new feature for this DS version of Animal Crossing Wild World. You have to shoot your little, um... I agree. You have to shoot your little slingshot at them to get packages, and it's always frustrating, because the slingshot takes up a spot in your inventory that you don't want to have taken up, because you want to keep all the spots free to stack fruits so that you can sell them for a lot of bells or turnips so that you can buy uh, participate in the stalk market um, anyway he shoots a package and, it ha- and it's f- seemingly from another kid and then he's corresponding with his other kid trying to put together an escape and builds a map of the island that they're on and that gets us through parts 4 and 5 up to part 6 I have a quick question for you yes so, when he talked about throwing the, or not throwing, when he used the slingshot next to the hill, when he was by the beach, well, along the edge of your map, mm-hmm. you know, there's a cliff that will stop you from going any further. He said that when he did, you could hear rocks crumbling on the other side. Is that something that, <clears throat> excuse me, actually happens in the game if you're playing? I'm a simple person. I've never tried to throw anything over the cliff edge, but that would be so adorable if it did make little rock falling you, sounds. When you you can only it. slingshot straight up as far as I know. So okay, you, I didn't think that yeah. that was real, but I thought that would be such a cute little addition. They have they focus on the details in Animal Crossing. That's why I like. The yeah, but you are still in a walled out nightmare escapes. Uh, so we're walled <laughs> in, I guess. Everything else is walled out. Uh, well, I we'll find out in the story. Uh, as part of this, Billy buys some of the camo items, including the, like, ghillie yes, suit hat. You're so cute. Very fun. <laughs> um, one inaccuracy I didn't appreciate was he consistently says that Tom Nook pays him in leafs, but bells are coins, furniture are leafs. Get it together, Chewbot. Mm. That's not how it works. Uh, Maybe he was worried about copyright infringement. Yeah, huh? That's why he so posted a bunch why. of screenshots of a video game he didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
So he's like, I'm gonna go break into Nook's shop, but he can't do it. The door is locked, Nook is nowhere to be seen. He figures Nook must be using underground tunnels to get between all the places. No, he does not figure that out. Penny figures it out, and Penny tells him in a letter, so... Credit where okay, credit's that's due, fair. Okay? Well, Penny figures it out for sure, <laughs> but uh, I thought that was, like, a theory that was presented to us, too. Um, uh, this yeah. is definitely one of those stories... Did I read it as closely as you did? No. What happened? <laughs> I said, did I read the story as closely as you did? Well, I also no. read it uh, mostly this morning before, and last night and this morning before we recorded. I think I finished it last night, or I fell asleep, I don't remember. I was reading this story through the eyes of a Shrek mask at a birthday party last night. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Of a Shrek mask. Uh, that's nothing Um, that was barely a joke Uh. so when he is talking about the underground tunnels too um there is a part of course where he reaches the underground tunnels not to skip forward too much but i love that he clearly was in the character when he was trying to get the screen grabs for this scene because you don't It's much like a movie. If it's not an easily achievable feat to get imagery, sometimes it's better to leave it out. And there was no necessity for him to be photographed or screenshot with his character in these underground tunnels that don't exist. But he clearly went to his house and he had like a wallpaper pattern that was dirt cloud wall. And then he had a floor that was like cave floor and he put his little uh, character into the far corner of his room and zoomed in really, really close so it looked like he was in a cramped it, tunnel. I in addition it. to that, it, uh, the author also recreated all of Nook's letters on like stationery as like <laughs> Tom Nook's journal that is found in the house. Yes, like this person deserves a position in power in some storyboard yeah. process in Hollywood. Honestly, also <laughs> went and bought the um, the eye patch accessory for the character. Because um, yes. character, <laughs> after getting caught by Tom Nook doing something um, in his yeah, house, like trying to escape or whatever, um, gets jumped and discovers that they've taken his eye. Um, the, there's a final letter from Penny about, like, uh, make better choices than me, Billy. Here's one final gift that I don't need. And he talks about how it's... What's in the box? What's yeah. in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, What's the, I've been waiting all day to yeah. say that, okay? It's, it, it's <laughs> like a wet, sloppy box. Um... It says it had slumped to the side, and the wrapping paper on the bottom half looked like looked moist, like a fast food bag holding a greasy hamburger. That was like me at that party last night. <laughs> moist, like a wet <laughs> fast food bag, slumped oh, over. Okay, like a I was like, "You're full of greasy hamburgers." Like, what are you saying? <laughs> no, just the imagery. Okay, um, it is. Um. Inside a broken lava lamp. It's nothing gross. A broken lava lamp and the key to Nook's (laughs) shop. Um, Yeah, so he goes in and we see in the underground tunnel, which is fun. Uh, Then there's... We started a last part, or maybe the part before, interspersing, like, paintings with the screenshots. And we get some paintings of Nook with, like, red eyes. Um, And then there's this... That was good. They, at least they weren't too real. Yeah, they the uh, yeah the eyes weren't over realistic. Um, they were normal, <laughs> the normal amount of realistic 
Um, Nook's journal seems to imply that this was built as, like, a resort or something, um, and also turns the title of the game into the phenomenon of people turning into animals, that they undergo animal crossing, uh, which is, I think, a a fun little twist. When I was talking about the game with a friend who wasn't familiar, they know I like scary stuff, and so they assumed it was a horror game, and so they asked, animal crossing, as in, the animals are dying? and they're crossing over. And I thought that was interesting that someone else interpreted it that way. I like that view better. Animal crossing. <laughs> that's that's less horrible the, and more just train, sad. <laughs> the train tra- I know, especially in light of recent events and the themes of this trio of episodes. Yeah. But yeah, like the railroad tracks are the line and you're just crossing. Uh, it's the, the, anyway. the title in Japan is Animal Forest, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I don't know why they changed it to Animal Crossing for the U.S. That's nonsense. Um, but, yeah, when the story starts getting into the Animal Crossing, that's when it really started to actually get my interest. This is the good stuff. Um, so there, we see this dialogue between Billy and Nook, and Nook lays it all out. He's like, look, I tried to protect you, but actually, um, I made up this girl. Uh, but Penny is actually the person who's in charge of all this, and she's my wife. Um, and she was, like, sick, and we discovered these gyroids that turned us into animals slowly, um, but, like, I can't bring her to you. Uh, sometimes we get smart kids. Um, then he attacks, well, this is after, like, I think in the middle of this he attacks Nook with the axe, um, and then, uh, Nook starts bleeding out, and then Nook stabs himself, uh, and dies. Then, part 11, uh, the showdown at the Nook household. Now it's pretty much all paintings. Penny, is Penny an Animal Crossing uh, an, like neighbor that you can get? Because she looked like it. Yes. Which What animal is Penny again? Penny is a mouse. I did find her uh, okay. Animal Crossing wiki page. Um, her personality like is Peppy, and her birthday is June 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, What's her favorite stuff? Her initial <laughs> phrase is Skoweek. Like ska week. Wow. Um, da, da, da. She has a modern bed, a manhole. <laughs> her wallpaper is old <laughs> wallpaper, Classic. and her flooring is. Char- it says, "Oh wow!" Pe- like on the wiki, it says Penny's house is very dark and somewhat unnerving. She has the office chair and the <laughs> office desk, as well as a tape deck. Plays KK Parade. She has a modern bed, another black and gray item, and a manhole. Her wallpaper is the old wallpaper, and her flooring is the charcoal tile. So maybe that's why uh, this author chose Penny to be the main villain. Um, no offense to the author, but I do not think they thought about it that far. Also, Petra is the scariest character, so that's who you would choose if you were thinking about Which it. Which one's that? I think Petro is the clown goat, who is, of course, my best friend and closest neighbor. Of course. Has been for five years. Um, but I think he chose Penny because the name is believable. You know, like Pate. That's not... Yeah. If, if you were a reader and you were familiar with Animal Crossing characters, there are some names that stick out, um, like sore thumbs, you know? Or, like, even Benjamin. For some reason, Benjamin has always been, like, a really strong character in the game for me, and so if I were to read a name like that, 
I think my mind might wander to other Animal Crossing characters or other mm. people in the game since yeah. every single person. Yeah, so I think they chose Penny because of the ambiguous name, which I like. Uh, Pietro, Pietro, despite being the scariest, did not appear in Wild World. Was a new character for New Leaf, oh. so it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I guess anyway. he's just New Leaf only. Yeah, uh, so maybe Penny. Yeah, but maybe before Pietro, Penny was the scariest one. Uh, anyway, I'm... Was Ribot in... No, we're not doing this conversation. Ribot, Ribot is... Ribot's a character in the story, one of the, uh, neighbors who leaves. Oh, oh, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Why didn't they use him in the actual town? I think he looks eerie. He's a robot frog. That would add a lot of mysterium to this whole animal transformation. Yeah, that is pretty thing. scary. Uh, Ribot's Japanese name is Gacha. That's fun, like Gachapon. Oh, um, yeah. Or, like, you know, when he gets you with his tongue. No. Oh, not like that. Gotcha. No. No. No, like a bug. Like he's eating bugs. No. Uh, I don't like to think about frogs as monsters who get you. Um, <laughs> he's described on the wiki as Ribot is a jock frog villager in Animal Crossing series. No. Fun. You can't be a jock and a robot. Uh, his Japanese name comes from the onomatopoeia for metal rattling. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. That's what Gachapon machines that's, are named after, also. Huh, that's that makes it even more ominous. Metal rattling. Yep. Well, he is made of. Yeah, this would have been a useful character, and um, Apollo is. He has like a really dark, scary voice, and is always angry at you. I don't know. I I just think that there were mis or underutilized characters. In this. Uh, the quote underneath of his. Not that Im- I care. The quote underneath of Ribot's image is "Never rest, never rust." Jesus. <gasps> okay. That's like beautiful. I want that to be my epitaph. Now you have to get another underneath uh, your old English chest piece that says dogscape. You need one that says never rest, never rust. Maybe like across your belly. No! I want that to be my epitaph on my gravestone. Or That's way more fitting and cooler. You get across your back like the Marilyn Monroe holding two guns with a bandana over her face and it <laughs> says never rest on the top and never rest underneath. <laughs> That's beautiful. Perfect. I want, if anybody is a graphic designer listening, <laughs> I would love this. Yeah, you have to give uh, Heather um, very, <laughs> very intricately designed Latino gang tattoos, but with Animal Crossing quotes. <laughs> um, so he gets okay, so, Billy gets um, in this fight this with Penny. Guy- yeah. See, I didn't read this part. I'm sorry. No, that's I, fine. Honestly, I didn't see the link for this part because of the alternate endings and the split yep. of story. So he um, goes up to Penny, and Penny is like, tell me who took my journal. And he's like, uh, I did it. And he's like, she's like, no, you're lying. He's like, okay, Tom Nook did it. And she's like, no, you're lying. And then they take a kid and kill it, like, behind the house. And then some other kid is like, I did it. Um, and he volunteers, and he goes and gets killed. Um, missing a leg, because they, like, take people's body parts for Penny, because she's, like, wasting away from the combination of, uh, having terminal cancer and being, like, uh, the gyroid disease, the Animal Crossing disease that they made up for this story that's really weird. Um, They keep, like, putting body parts, other people's body parts on her for some reason. Uh, here's one thing that bothered me about this character. 
Billy says, what are you doing to him? And then it reads, the sides of his head were flat, lacking the telltale silhouette of ears. He couldn't hear me. Dog, that's not how ears work. It's the holes in your head that allow you to hear, <laughs> not the actual, like... Okay, but if your ears were freshly removed... Right, it so would be like... Trauma cru- and, like it would be like crusted happening. over, sure, but like... He didn't say, like, the, like, there were no ears and a big, like, scab where the holes would be. It was just, like, if your ear was cut off, you could still hear. Mm, I bet Tom Nook put, um, like, rubber cement in there, something really fucked up, maybe wax. Yeah, Tom Nook is a monster. Um, yeah, so, or a beast. <laughs> this has a bees. Oh, not the bees! Either, not but... the bees! Um, oh, no. <laughs> they, he, Billy goes in and finds Penny, like, eating this boy, and then uh, falls over, and the key falls out of his pocket, and she's like, you got it? You have, why do you have Tom Nook's key? And she's like, uh, he gave it to me. And she's, like, really distraught about this. And then they get into a fight, and there's a little video portion, like a little animation, where it shows Billy and Penny fighting. It's, like, pretty well animated. And then he knocks her, like, off of the balcony and lands on her, and then kills her and takes his eye back. Um, then the Japanese government comes in and saves everyone. There's, like, a helicopter that comes in and has the Japanese flag on it. And the epilogue is Billy, age 30, explaining what happened afterwards, that the government took the gyroids and, like, started collecting them and dropping them into the ocean, and it ends with, and I can't help but wonder, if they turn humans into animals, what do they turn animals into? And it ends... Cloverfield, Godzilla, it there ends, we go. It ends with a painting of an octopus hugging a gyroid. Yep, okay, Cloverfield. Yep. Awesome. It's definitely going to be a real Cloverfield situation. Uh, the alternate I, the alternate ending is what happens if Billy doesn't open that final box with the lava lamp and the <gasps> key in it. Oh my god, that's exactly what Seven needed. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what happens when he doesn't open the box? Yeah, Brad Pitt's just like, I don't care what's in the box, and he goes and does something else. I'm not <laughs> angry anymore. No, um, what happens when Billy doesn't open the box? So Billy doesn't open the box, and he goes and throws it into the sea. And then um, he has a dream that night of the silhouette of a girl uh, coming from the sea and uh, saying to him, why did you throw me away, Billy? And then he wakes up and he goes and jumps into the sea and then he wakes up again um, and he's still in the town. And when he walks out of the door, Mr. Rossetti is there and uh, berates him, gives him the it just like has screenshots of the whole Mr. Rossetti speech. Um, which is a really fun way to include that very important aspect of Animal Crossing that not every player will encounter, which is Mr. Rossetti. For, uh, listeners who don't know, I guess I should explain what Animal Crossing is. If you is don't now. know, congratulations <laughs> for always closing out your game properly. Like, you're way better than I am. Uh, so, in Animal Crossing, you're not, it's like they want to discourage you playing like a hardcore gamer. So if you try to reset to, like, do something differently, with like, reset without saving to reload your most recent save, the game knows this, and it will give you, uh, it will make it really, it'll let you do it, but a little mole will come out and yell at you a lot, and it takes, like, several, it'll eventually takes, like, several minutes to get through his speeches if you reset too many times. Yeah, he's really mean. He says things like... 
So I'll say it one more time and hope you really hear me this time. You've got to take everything life throws at you. Roll with the punches, hear me? I'm done with you, kid. I'm cutting you loose. Uh, and just like, you have to scroll through so many, so much dialogue of Mr. Rossetti yelling at you if you reset that it makes it not worth it. Um, but it still does let you do it. So anyway, after Mr. Rossetti, Billy goes into Tom Nook's store and he sees Tom Nook all bandaged up for some reason. Um, and he, uh, gets bonked over the head. Uh, it's, he gets dressed up like a rabbit. I guess the implication is that Billy's Animal Crossing has finally started. Um, cause well, because he says his favorite animal is a rabbit when they ask him. On his yeah. first day at camp, mm-hmm. he says his favorite animal is a rabbit. So, um, Can you do me a favor and go look at part 13? Because something freaked me out about the final screenshot, and I want to know okay. if it's the same for everyone who looks at it. Yeah, let's uh, Okay. Uh, it tells me... Fill it, the like, air. Hmm? I said fill the air while I do it. Oh, okay. I could just put a link in the chat for you. Oh, no, I have it. Okay, part 13. Two if I see. I also, real quick, I'm going to run through the table of contents titles. Um, Oh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Hell Week, Questions and Answers, Let's Start Over, Not Alone, Nightlight, Heart of Darkness, No Good Deed Goes Unpunished, Weighted Companion Box, Trick Questions, All's Well That Ends, and then the alternate ending, Two if I see. Which, those are all pretty great chapter titles, I must say. Okay, so I'm scrolling. Oh, are you talking about the lady? <gasps> oh, are you talking about Cap'n driving the cab? I'm looking yeah. at the screen grab. Mm-hmm. So Cap'n driving the cab is what scared you? Yeah, it freaked me out a little bit. That's uh, really funny. Because Cap'n is saying, uh, it says... Um, a few days ago, she told me that we'd be getting someone new in town. And then there's a screenshot of Cap'n, who is the character who drives you in a cab to your Animal Crossing village. It says, so tell me, or Jeff, why are you setting sail for camp? What? I said, well, on the boat, technically. Uh, he's in the taxi. But he said that he drove the taxi onto one of those ferry services, because in the end, they find out they're an isolated island. Oh, right. Yeah. In the context of the story, it's, yeah, that Cap'n has to, must be driving you onto, like, a ferry or something. But it has my name in it. Yeah. I was wondering if maybe they somehow algorithm- algorithmically generated it, so if, like, it would take the login, the, like, Google login or whatever from whoever you were viewing it from, but it always just says Jeff. Yep. That's funny. It's pretty good. I liked Uh, the same exact screenshot that we're talking about now, but Sans talking bubble when it was blurred out earlier in the story. That really creeped me out, too. Yeah, Billy's having, like, a memory of when he got here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So this story is seven. Dogscape is, like, a Silent Hill Resident Evil thing. This is, like, a Human Centipede 7 thing. I don't like that you're putting Human Centipede and 7 in the same category as each other. Oh, Human Centipede goes with anything, baby. Mm, 7 is made by, like... with and you so it no, to anything. It doesn't. I don't like it. Okay. Um... Here's the thing. Uh, Seven was made by a filmmaker, and Human Centipede <laughs> was made by some clown dumb. Uh, Tom and Nikki Six, you mean? <laughs> Not some clown, okay? 
Well, some the I said only some clown. Ever I, said, I said some clown dumbass. To be fair, <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Six is a real weirdo for making these movies. For um, not only making Tom, one, but making three, and then not making anything else. Tom and Ilana Six. Nikki Six is the oh, guy yeah. from Poison. <laughs> Is Can it you Poison imagine? or no, Motley Crue? He, he did write this. Come on. Motley Crue, right. Or, yes, Motley Crue's Nikki Six. Yes, yep. that would be, that would make yeah, a lot of I sense bet. if Motley, if Nikki Six from Motley Crue wrote the Human Centipede trilogy. Um, no, but it was Tom Six who is some kind of weirdo. Do you think um, any Motley Crue fans are listening got upset? Mm, doubtful because I don't think Motley Crue has any fans under the <laughs> age of fifty. Um, Motley Crue is fine. They have like three songs I've heard of. Um, I don't. I've never seen um, Human Centipede, and probably never what? will. Mm, don't say that. Why would I? It's so gross. Um, it's it. It goes back to the previous episode's discussion on like the subconscious fascination with disgust. But uh, the second one's actually super cool. Um, I like I like big crowds. I like meta. I like found footage mockumentaries a lot. Like that's my little trinity yeah. of cool things in movies. And it is a very meta um, look where the main character of the second movie is obsessed with the movie Human Centipede and wants to make his own in real life. Yeah, I like I like that. That's a funny concept for a sequel. Yeah, I don't know, and it sounds. It sounds very black and white when I say it, but watching it, I I recommend that everybody go close out this podcast. You stop your car. You if you're at work, throw your, your throw job. your phone out the goddamn uh, window. If you have kids at home, put them away and then just pop in centipede too it's great you don't even need to see the first one uh what about human centipede final sequence is that a good movie well you know what i'm gonna say uh and that is yes um it's not (laughs) it is is it a well-made movie no is it a good movie to watch yes very simple it's fun that um, they are like, what if we just made a hundred person human centipede? <laughs> um, it's well, so Tom Six was doing a lot of interviews. He was running the circuit when Human Centipede came out because obviously it was very, it was much, um, it was talked about. I guess kind of like Saw, where Saw wasn't anything crazy, but at the time it was. Oh, did you see the movie where the guy has to cut his own foot off? That's all. Yeah. I was uh-huh. like in middle school, I think, when Saw came out. That's all everybody talked about. But um, anyways, with Human Centipede, a lot of people wanted to hear what he had to say about it and its origins, and he uh, did that. And he was a very as normal as you can be type of person. But then when um. Human Centipede 2 came around and he was doing the interviews for that circuit. He was much more alive, I guess, in his interviews. He, he seemed a lot angrier. And he was saying, I made the first one as like a weird fever dream thing that I thought of. And all anyone would say is, I thought it was going to be worse. Much like the Saw thing. You know, it's really not that gross, the first Saw movie. And with the first Human Centipede, it's very... Um, medically oriented. He's a surgeon. It's very clean. They must be sterile and all of this stuff. Um, 
And so he said that everybody was just upset that it wasn't enough, that it wasn't more, there wasn't enough fecal matter. You didn't see almost any nudity. I I want to say that there's no female um, nudity in human centipede. Uh, I do you want to? Do you just want to say it, or is it true? Um, I want to say that I would remember nips in human centipede. I don't. Okay, I but don't think there, but because they have bandages. It, did you listen to my episode on Cam? With uh, creepypasta, creepypasta superfan Hannah Burge, because she didn't realize <gasps> that that movie had nudity in it. <laughs> yeah, well, that. So would you notice they, they, it? Really, these women were covered in bandages, and I think, anyways. So um, he was so upset that everybody just wanted more. He's like, "What the fuck?" So he decided to make Human Centipede too, and he just went all out and had laxatives, had torn stitches had pussing wounds. It was in a warehouse, not a medical facility. And so anyways, I, I do like the the actual literal metal meta aspect of human centipede too, because it's kind of like Tom Six's middle finger to everybody who said human centipede one wasn't enough. He's like the idea of sewing someone's mouth to someone's asshole. Not just the butt. Like they have to cut the skin and then cut yep. the flower. Okay. Anyways, anyways. Um yeah, so that's why I like Human Centipede 2 Gross. so much, and I do think it is a well-made movie, because I think that there was, like, good um, directorial intent with it. Human Centipede 3, mm. though. Eh, no. <laughs> that's my rant. I'm so sorry. It's too far. To no, it's my fine. my Human Centipede podcast. I forgive you, just this once. Well, it's gonna happen again. So. Okay. <laughs> So that's all we have to say about Animal Crossing Let's Play, I think, right? Yeah, the final sequence. Okay, Animal Crossing final sequence. Animal Crossing 3, in parentheses, final sequence. Uh, Two if by C is called the anti-box ending, which is very funny to me. There's the pro-box and anti-box endings. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's all there is to say, I think, about this. What's the spookiest part to you? The spookiest part to me was when they took his eye (laughs) because I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it's an Animal Crossing game. It's quite quaint, you know, and it just cuts to black and (laughs) it shows a little, it's it's so adorably funny. It's a screenshot of, yeah, him wearing a bandage over his eye that you can buy in the game. And yeah, he's in all caps. They took my fucking eye. Like, this kid's nine. Yeah. Like, there's no way that he's surviving through this trauma. But, yeah, I liked that. It actually, like, shocked me in a way. Was not expecting it. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interestingly, I didn't realize how old. This is a really old um, story. It began on October 26, 2007, concluded on December 13th, 2007, and was added to the archive February 21st, 2008. Um, wow. I think, yeah, right? I That's think the spookiest part... Fun. Yeah, it's definitely... Um, it's not as old as Ted, Ted the Caver, which is from, like, 2002, um, but it is on the older end of the things that we cover on this show. Um, I like the recontextualization of the screenshots. I think that's the spookiest part. Um, okay. Well, like the you said, once you of, view it with a negative light, it becomes really obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. I like it. I like that aspect of it. Like, 
Copper, the gate guard that you use to like go do multiplayer in the game, says if you try to leave, oh, isn't there some other business that you need to take care of, Billy? Like your part-time job, for example, ominous ellipses. Um, pretty good. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about this story, so let's get into plugs. Uh, you can find me at www.humancentipedegirlwith3usonline.com or... Typing... Uh, what about you, Jeff? Where can we find you? You can find me, um, that URL is not a real one, so I'm gonna see if it's available. Yeah, can and we get purchase it? it for you. I'll have it redirect to your Twitter. Oh! Um, that um, is so disgusting. You, uh, you can reach me at jeff at funtimes.online is the email address you want to do. You can go to weaponizedlanguage.com to listen to all my shows. Follow me on Twitter, creepypodsta, or go to coolmemes.biz slash at JK. That's my Mastodon instance and my Mastodon handle where I put my thoughts. Uh, you can also DM me anywhere and I will give you a link to our Discord, uh, JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram. Um, also, please visit bit.ly slash MosesFund, M-O-S-E-S-F-U-N-D. Trying to help my friends out, they just lost their pet and it was extremely expensive for them. Um, so anything that you can give would be great. Uh, if they go over their goal, they're going to donate the extra money to the um, animal rescue where they got another one of their cats. So uh, you don't have to worry if they're already like at goal. Um, Human Centipede Girl with three U's dot com is available for eight forty eight per year, Ooh. Uh, which is a bit much. But I mean, listen, Human Centipede Girl dot tips is two more dollars per. Year than that, human centipede girl dot is is thirty three eighty eight per year. Whoa. So this isn't that bad compared. Uh, human centipede girl dot AI is sixty eight eighty eight per year. Wow. Um. Uh. Even dot net is more expensive. Well, I, uh, dot- I can kind of see that though in a roundabout way because it is popular. Dot club and dot xyz are both cheaper though. Ooh. Dot club. Um, human centipede yeah. girl dot club. Yep. How much is that? One one thirty seven per year. Well, tempting, tempting. <laughs> well, you you don't. Tune in next you have, week, and when you yeah, listen exactly. to plugs, we will update you on what my internet status is. So, uh huh. You have you have no internet presence at all. So I okay. Oh, so the final line of the story. It's not. Oh yeah, are you gonna give that to us? Well, it's not a line, but what's in the box? What's in the box? Okay, I guess that'll be it then for us. Goodbye, everyone. That's the end of the show.